Hello, everyone. It's been a while. I've been on, I guess you could say, a summer academic hiatus. But I decided to post an episode today because today begins my new year. And for Random Nature Pod, it's season two. What makes August 3rd an important day to mark the beginning of my new year? Because that doesn't make sense to New Year's, January 1st. But no, for me, the new year, the new year eve is August 3rd, which is the day that I lost my son in 2020. And as you all know, I've moved uh, from Mississippi. I now live in Ithaca, New York. And so to remember this painful day and to assign some meaning to this pain on the days of my son's passing on those anniversaries. I call it Day of Ricky's Ascension. I come to a place of beauty and I come to the sea. Last year, I went down to uh, Ocean City, Mississippi from Starkville, which is about a four-hour drive. And I had my reflections and meditations on his passing there. But this year, I am speaking to you right now from Hyannis, Massachusetts, on Cape Cod. And it's about a five-hour, 25-minute drive from Ithaca. This season two will feature uh, more guests, but it'll also feature a lot of solo-authored uh, solo, uh, solo authored <laughs> podcasts by myself to discuss some of the flora, fauna, and beauty of the Finger Lakes region of New York. and. Um, and I think that'll be good because it'll be, it's new to me, and I'll get to share that with the rest of the world. But, yes, this is a heavy day for me, and um, I've noticed that I've been to myself a lot more in the past two weeks. It's this almost visceral process of emotion, but my physicality has changed as well. And um, I didn't really want to be around many people outside of work commitments. I just wanted to be to myself, uh, just me and my cat Gimli. Uh, I mentioned on Twitter last week that my other cat, my senior cat, Woody, passed away uh, July 24th. So Woody, Woody passed away, you know, a week leading up to my son's death anniversary. And many do not know, but I adopted Woody as an act of service. Uh, I loved I loved Woody, of course, but Woody was a senior cat. When I got him, he was 13 years old. And I told myself after my son passed away that I would do many good works in my son's name. And since my son loved cats, I decided that I would adopt the cats that were hard to... Uh, hard to adopt out, those who are older. And I felt that that particular grief work ministry was useful because 
I had experienced one of the most anguished realities known to human experience, the loss of a child. So I felt that I could I could do this act of service in my son's name. And because I was advanced in death awareness, that even though the cats would not be with me for very, very long, that I could care for them and give them a good home in their last years. So leading up to my son's day of passing has been a lot. But I worked up to the minute. I worked up to the minute, you know. I've been still doing my work commitments. And really, it's one of those things where I I need to put in work commitments close to these days because it anchors me in some type of here and now and material purpose as I shift in and out of these grief bombs and implosions. So that's what's been going on with me. Later on today, well, later on this morning, I'll walk the beach and collect rocks. My son loves rocks. And then I'll paint them later. And I'll be with the birds. I'm going to go to a bird observatory this afternoon. And I'm going to be grateful for for how far I've come, how far I've come since the anguished reality of August 3rd, 2020. It's strange that I'm I'm going on my third year, uh, so I'm approaching fourth year. And, um, you know, it's, it's strange how as you approach the death day, your memory of everything becomes very crystal clear. It's a strange phenomenon. And that's very difficult and challenging because those are some of the most traumatic memories that you can think of. Um, no matter how a person loses their loved one, the death event is traumatic. And um, those immediate hours afterwards, those immediate hours leading up to, are difficult. And like I said, as the day approaches on the anniversary, you start to recall very minute details of death event. This is another reason why I have to be away from my own house. I have to be near something of beauty, a place of beauty to kind of ease the edges of this traumatic reality. So uh, I'm not going to keep you all very long, but I am going to share something with you very personal. And uh, I want to give you a window into the life of a grieving parent. I I did intense grief journaling uh, immediately, immediately after my son passed. Um, that journaling went on for months and months and months until the rigors of writing a dissertation overtook me and I couldn't keep it up as much. But I'll read you an excerpt of a document that I called Responses, 
And the responses document is what I came up with when I was getting many uh, wellness checks from people because they were afraid that I might not make it. And um, what I did was I developed a template according to the request so that I wouldn't have to continue to rewrite the same thing over and over. Uh, my, my, My mind wasn't really functioning at that time. I was just trying to survive the traumatic loss of my son. So I'll read you an excerpt. Every morning I push myself to continue, despite the ache in my heart that persists when I wake up. But my son's memory and beautiful life must go on to my purpose and devotion to healing. I am planting a memorial container garden for him. Right now, I have October Daphne, painted nettle, stinging nettle, basil, cranberry crush hibiscus, Osaka cabbage, and coneflower. I am holding on. My daughter and I are both holding on and gardening together to lift up my son's memory and provide natural comfort as we grieve. Thank you for everything. You are such a wonderful supporter. Your efforts to lift me up will never be forgotten. And that is the end of the the note that I would write to people. This was about three weeks after I lost Ricky when I wrote that. And so I had not yet had the visitation of that ruby-throated hummingbird that would ultimately save my life. This was when I was gathering so many plants. But of course, the plants are connected to the healing because it was an immediate place for my daughter and I to be comforted. But it was those plants that attracted the birds. So I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave for now. I have some things to do to continue in my um, grief reflection. But I wanted to let you know that season two is about to begin. And We'll be we'll be back uploading podcasts. So I thank you for all your support. Mm-hmm.